Welcome to the Growth Elevated Leadership Podcast with Julian Castelli. Each week, we talk with senior tech leaders to explore stories and insights about the challenges involved with growing technology companies. We hope that these stories can help you become a better leader and help you navigate your own growth journey. Today, I am excited to welcome Darren Dunn, the president and co-founder of Zartico. Zartico is an exciting data analytics and SaaS platform that works in the travel, hospitality, and tourism space, and it helps destinations understand who's coming to their markets and how to attract visitors and, and grow tourists. Please welcome Darren Dunn. Pleasure to be here. Good morning. Hey, Darren. How are you this morning? Doing all right. Well, Darren, thanks for joining this morning. I'm excited about uh, learning some of the stories about your journey. Uh, yeah. Let's start by by talking a little bit about Zartico. Help me help me understand uh, what, is, what 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 does Zartico do? Who are your customers, and how do you help them? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so Zartico was was started out of you know I'd, at my last company I had traveled all over the world and and I found that <clears throat> everywhere I went they had all these you know disparate sets of data. And none of them came together to actually talk to each other and tell a story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was it was really born out of that. How do, how do I bring those things together to tell a story in real time? Because all they had up until that point was, you know, um, you know, they do surveys or they might have a researcher that brought that together once a year. I was I've like, been what? to some of those events at the tourism, you know, they, they right. have their annual event. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little more snow because it's a not La Nina, and we think it's gonna be better, right? But you right. guys are drilling real time data. Yeah, what, what is the story that your data is telling? Telling your first of all, who's your customers? Your customer, the the tourism board. Our our main customers, um, as of right now, are tourism boards. Although we just uh, launched a product for uh, for airports as well. Looking okay. at airports. It, in and of themselves as sure. as destinations because they're trying to figure out uh unfortunately the airlines don't share much data with them that so makes they, sense. they don't know where people are coming from or trying to go to or do people in their catchment areas so let's say salt lake city and you have a city of or i'm sorry a family of you know five six seven which is not unusual here um that wants to fly to Europe. So it might be a lot cheaper for you to drive down to Vegas and fly direct out of there uh, versus flying out of Salt Lake City. And so, you know, the airport is constantly looking to uh, evangelize to airlines to say, hey, we need a direct flight to France or we need a direct mm -hmm. flight to, you know, wherever um, so that people aren't going down to Las Vegas and flying their family at five out of there so right you know airports are a great great new new avenue i think and and the the tourism your your core customer the tourism board this is a yeah. go government entity and their mandate is to grow tourism and bring more visitors to salt lake city for example or park city or yep. las vegas or jackson hole and and so they they've got historically not great data your data help them <laughs> tell what story yeah, historically not great data. So it's um, so it's <laughs> they um, 
you know, they're government. So, you know, in terms of measurement, they've never had tourism doesn't have a cash uh, register. So mm -hmm. it's very it's been very difficult for them to measure, you know, how are they doing day to day? And so we've brought together big data sets like geolocation data from, you know, cell phones or cars or, you know, anything that has a geotag on it um, to uh, credit card data. So we can actually see, uh, you know, what's being spent in market, how much is being spent um, and where where are they from? And are you able to match that with the travel data of a, a yeah, cell phone yeah. and a, a rental car? Yeah, that's a little big brother. That's a little scary. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, <clears throat> something. But, but give we, don't, we, we don't. We don't. But the important part is we don't know who those people are. Okay, so it's and anonymized. On, and, yeah, and honestly, tourism doesn't care. No, tourism yeah. doesn't care. What but they give us, care. Give what, us a use case example, right? So if you're you're trying to understand, you know, the data data helps you understand a story of A, so therefore you're going to do a little bit more B to get more of A or something. What, what, so, how do they use it? So tourism or DMOs, as, as they're called, uh, which is destination marketing organizations uh, as a part of government, their main function has actually been marketing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for instance, if they see, if Salt Lake, just because I live here, I'll use it as an example. Um, so if Salt Lake chooses uh, to, or is trying to figure out who they want to market to, they might see that people coming here from Chicago tend to spend a lot more per day on hotel, on retail, on transportation, et cetera. So, if they're looking to market to a, a particular market and they have good lift, meaning a lot of um, a lot of air capacity from there, <clears throat> that might uh, so it might change completely who they want to market to, and that could change on things like weather. You know, for instance, during the winter, Chicago people don't necessarily want more snow. <laughs> You know, they're understandably, yeah, yeah, they're flatlanders, so mm -hmm. they want to go to Florida. So right. it's not necessarily so when you overlay things like weather patterns with that, when you're looking at you know really big data, um, Chicago might not be the best market, San Diego, probably a great market. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, trying to steal a little, uh, little wallet share from Mammoth, for instance, so. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, 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 that makes perfect sense. So it's kind of like the social graph. It's almost like the travel graph or the, you know, the, the hospitality travel, travel graph that you're creating. And, and those insights allow you to make decisions to have better impact to, 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 to grow tourism in, in any given community. Yeah. It's really, it's, <clears throat> it was, it's really designed to give people situational awareness, you know, or a, a thing like an entire city to have situational awareness about who's actually coming in what they're spending, who do you want more of, who do you want less of, um, you know, and where to allocate uh, in the best interests of the taxpayers, where do you want to allocate that money? So. Perfect. Now, when did you start with the company? Well, <clears throat> I started at the very beginning since I'm a founder. <laughs> what, what year was that? Uh, 2019, actually. Okay. So um, you started uh, founding the business 2019. 
zero employees just starting out zero employees yeah <laughs> and now you know so three, four years now later you're you know how large are you as a company in terms of employees overall revenue you know range um so i co-founded the company with a with a guy by the name of jay kinghorn and he was um he was the deputy director uh, of the state of utah uh tourism and uh i I say in the best way possible, he was my most challenging client at my last company because <laughs> okay. he was, he was super smart. I'm a great, uh, I'm a great salesman, but he is, he, he can program anything. So, okay. So you were I, in the travel space for, for years selling, yeah. you, you knew the problem that, that, that this client, these clients yeah. had and, and you, you reached out to a client and said, Hey, let's, let, let's start this. Yeah, I, well, I ran the, <clears throat> I had the idea and I ran it by him and he said, I've been trying to build that for years here. I said, well, instead of building it for Utah, let's build it for everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, in February of 2019, uh, he and I, in kind of a clandestine mode, started meeting uh, downtown in uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, June 1st of 2019, we started. So it was the two of us with a checking account, some business cards, and I think about $35 in the wow. checking account. Um, we really didn't. Story. Yeah, the, yeah. You're, you're, you're taking your, your, your courageous walk into the unknown. And, and, and now, now let's, just, let's just book in. Where are you now in terms of, I know you guys raised, raised the Series A recently. We, and we did, yeah. Um, How large is the company it's, today? It's, it's honestly, it's every year it gets harder to believe uh, what's been created, but we are, uh, we're pushing 100 employees right now. Um, wow. We raised 20 million uh, a year ago, a total of 25 million overall. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it's, once a year we have a company uh, a company meeting and every year you walk in there and you're like oh my god there's so many people in this room and you're like <laughs> yeah, you know you're at a different stage when you don't know everyone's name yeah yeah there, right? no they they come up to you and they're like and and what do you do here mm -hmm. like, mm, pay you <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. so that's fantastic you went you know four years over to zero to 100 employees yeah and we're, we're financially you asked uh you, Yes, about revenue. We're we're north of uh, twelve million at this point. So fantastic. A, so your customers must be liking what you're you've built. You've you've yeah built that initial vision. You're expanding into secondary markets through airports. Um, so that's that's a, that's an exciting journey. Looks, you know, I, I guess it was really easy, huh? You just started three four years ago, and yeah, now so you know, so easy to win. Yeah, right. So easy. <laughs> I I love to tell people I'm like. If you knew how hard it was, you would never do it. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you just wouldn't. <laughs> it's, well, it's it's uh, half of half of being a founder is stupidity. So, <laughs> want to learn more about that? So, so if you look back, you know what what are some of the biggest accomplishments or, or things you're you're proud of on the journey? Um. You know, I I was lucky. One of the biggest things was finding a co-founder that really was the exact opposite of me. Mm. You know, I I 
drive a Jeep with fuel flying out the back of it. He drives a Subaru. I mean, we're, we're, we are the most different people in the world. He's a programmer. I'm, you know, a salesperson. He can't do what I do and I can't do what he does by any means, but together we both had common passions. And uh, one of those passions was, you know, the biggest one was helping the tourism industry really, you know, be able to have situational awareness. So they, they're not making decisions once a year about marketing. They're making decisions weekly, mm-hmm. you know, which most businesses that actually succeed have to do. Right. Um, so finding something, you know, finding somebody that is so different from me, um, but yet has the same passions, um, you know, was certainly, I, I think, one of the most important ingredients in the success of this. I've, I've actually started uh, two other businesses and, you know, as a, as a founder, you are, you, and just as a person in general, you are typically attracted to people that are most like you. Yeah. Right. 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 It is a trap. And, uh, but as a founder, if you want a successful business, um, it's, it's actually about attracting a person that's really different from you that can bring a whole different perspective, uh, to the business. And, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call my last two businesses, uh, unsuccessful, um, you know, we were able to sell and get out and be whole. And I'm, you know, still here today, sitting in my garage, talking to you, but, um, you know, Zartico, because I, I think age actually enabled me, age and experience has enabled me to find somebody that was different enough for me to bring this opposite perspective to the business that enabled us to grow um, in a much different way. And, you know, opposition and points of view is is a great thing when you're trying to actually grow a business, like a mature business. Yeah, it's so, like a, it's it's almost a safety valve, right? Because if you get someone just like you who thinks the same way, you could both make the same mistake and be very convicted about oh, it's, it's so how, 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 how sure yeah. you are being, being right, wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody that always tells you you're right is a fantastic person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You, and you've been very thoughtful how you've built your team, you know? So, so you started with a founder who had complementary skills and uh, you know, then then you brought Sarah on fairly early in the journey. Talk a little bit about that. I, I, a big, big fan of Sarah. I think she's a a wonderful leader. And and that was a a, a part of your story. She is, um, one of the most amazing women, um, and most amazing leaders I've ever c- come across in my life. And I, um, you know, one, one of the big things for Jay and I, um, and I, I came from a company in Silicon Valley, which, you know, unfortunately it has a very bad term, but it was a very bro culture. Okay. So a lot of men. A lot mm-hmm. of men making very 
bro, <laughs> bro decisions. And um, so, and, and honestly, I had that stigma on my back and, and I was, um, you know, in that culture, making a lot of money. Uh, I was very complicit. Um, and I actually watched uh, my wife who who's worked for some big companies like Facebook and TikTok and so forth. Um, you know, I, I've watched how she was, uh, I don't know the best word for it, but uh, you know, she, she struggled uh, within very bro cultures. And, okay. and so I, I had talked to Sarah several, several times um, while we were trying to raise our seed round because uh, her, her husband is a, um, he, he invests in local companies. Right. Um, you know, he was choosing not to invest in us. <laughs> but, but, but you got, but the benefit you met Sarah. Yeah, I met Sarah because, you know, and <clears throat> so it was about, I don't know, I talked to her three times and I was out in New York. I was calling on New York tourism and I was walking down a New York street and I get this call from Jay. He goes, hey, you know that gal, Sarah, that was on our calls? And I said, yeah. He goes, what do you think about her being our CEO? <laughs> wow. And I was like, what? I was like, we're four people. I don't need a CEO right now. It wasn't the exact phrase I used, but you know, I think there was an F-bomb in there. But I was like, no, <laughs> hell no. And uh, so honestly, I met with her three more times and just decided, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna build a different culture, um, you know, that is much more diverse and um, so forth. And she just became, honestly, the best decision I've ever made since marrying my wife. So, why? Wow. And I no, I tell her that I tell her that she she is the second best decision I've ever made <laughs> in my life, and uh, she she is, you know, she remains every day at making just brilliant decisions for this company, you know. And I'm proud to say that we're fifty two percent female at this point, and about twenty twenty percent twenty plus percent. Uh, in terms of overall diversity, so um, I'm very I'm very proud of that. Um, she 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 really took to Jay and I's vision about culture and diversity. Uh, you know, she, she's really taken that to heart and has built the company um, in that manner. So what I'm hearing here is a really a mature view, right? Because a lot of founders. They start a business and it, it kind of revolves around the founder. And I see that as a a, a consistent pattern of, of, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes you're Mark Zuckerberg, but sometimes, you know, it can pull you in the wrong direction, whether it's culture or groupthink or, or not having the diverse thoughts. So I, I'm hearing you say that, number one, you found a founder who was opposite of you. So you were complimentary. Yeah. And then you both recognized an experienced executive, Sarah Lehman, successful executive. She'd done great things with Envy. 
Yep. And, 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 you know, earlier than maybe you were ready for, you saw a unique talent who sh- sh- expressed some interest. And, you know, that, that's got to, you know, to take some courage to say, all right, well, let's, let's bring someone in here to, to give them the CEO role. That's a very mature view. But you look at that as one of your, your best decisions in terms of, you know, helping you guys as a team get to where you are right now. That's a great I, I, I feel like bringing uh, Sarah in helped identify what we what we want this company to be. And, you know, I sh- should note that she was willing to work for no pay. <laughs> <laughs> originally, that helped. which, which yeah. all, you know, pretty much all founders have to, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but she, she, she bought into the cultural vision that we have for this company, because I felt like, you know, in building this company, I, you know, again, I felt like I was a bit complicit at my last company and I watched what my wife has had you know, the journey my wife has had to take and as important as the financial success of this company was the cultural success. And And what what kind of culture did you want to build? One that was diverse, one that was, um, you know, we work in tourism. So at the end of the day, you know, we got to work with, uh, and one of respect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got to we've got to work in a culture. You know, where we're dealing with red states and blue states, and you know, all states. You know, if you start looking across the globe, um, where you know people's different views aren't. You know, it's. They're not to be disrespected. They're, you know, you're able to actually have a discussion versus, you know, what's going on online and and has been a very toxic, toxic culture over the past five, six years, um, you know, that you can put any view you want out there. But I feel like if you want to put the view out, let's actually discuss. And my company you know, we are a work from anywhere company. So I have, I have employees and, you know, every, every state across the nation, pretty much along with uh, 26 here in, in Salt Lake city. And, you know, what I've tried to breed is a culture of respect and listening and, and understanding that, you know, if we're if we're dealing with a customer in a Texas or Alabama or Florida, whatever it may be, that it may be, you know, they may have a much different view of the world than you. And what's important is the respect of that view, mm-hmm. so that we can actually help them succeed. Yeah, you know, because they're they're dealing with things that, you know people in California aren't necessarily dealing with, or people in New York aren't necessarily dealing with. Right. And we have to also understand that point of view. So. Well, I, I tell you what, these days with, with, with so much tribalism and, and, and toxicity in the culture, I think that's a fantastic goal. And, you know, what, what did you do? Any, any specific uh, lessons or things you, you specifically did to kind of create that culture? Um, 
<laughs> I think it comes from being old, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, in, in that, you know, I I moved here from San Francisco. I grew up in Montana on a ranch, you know, so I felt like a, a unicorn out in San Francisco. Um, so it was it was just so important to me, and it was probably as Jay and I started this company, and again, he's, you know, he, he could be polar opposite of me, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we both agreed that that was one of the most important things uh, that we were going to I have a culture that you could be proud of. Yeah. 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 I love that. So when I walk away, is it something my mother, my sister, my wife, et cetera, would be proud of? you know, yep. and, and daughters to be, you know, is this something that they, can, I, I want, you know, to, granted I'm going to lose employees, but when they walk away, I want them to have the expectations that the next culture they go to is as good as good as the one I'm creating. And yeah, that creates, <laughs> that, that, that respects their dignity, right? You're showing what, what the possibility is and, and then they realize that that's, you know, you're showing what good looks like. Right. right? I, I, and, I and, hope, and you're having I an impact so. in the world on those people. I hope and, so. You know, that's one of the few privileges as a leader. You have a chance to create that. Right. And, and the pressure of business, the pressures of the business, if you're weak or if you let it, can create the things yes. that pressure does. Yes. It can create toxicity. Yes. It could create. You know, treating people not not the way they 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 are deserve without the amount of respect they deserve, and and look, the pressures are real, right? Yep. But to be able to to hold, you know, have a goal, to have a culture that you can be proud of, and to be able to to, to drive it is is quite an impressive. Yeah, and those as a founder, those dilemmas come up a lot. You know, it's how do you treat people? You know, like if you have to, if you if you have to exit somebody, you know. Yes. Yeah. How do you do that in a way that has the dignity and they are actually able to still carry the cultural uh, values out? Um, and likewise, you know, I felt that a lot of our success has been based upon our culture and a lot of people have been attracted to that in a, in, in a market that, you know, has been tough to attract talent. Um, people are attracted to our culture more so than our purpose, which is, that's awesome. You know, well, I mean, the <laughs> that's, a, that's a dilemma for me as a founder as well. <laughs> like, no, we have a really good product. <laughs> sure. But no, it speaks to, it speaks to the leadership. It speaks to what you've established there. So, you know, what, what it, let's, let's talk about, you know, going back, if you could tell anything to your younger self, you know, what, 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 oh, what uh, what's the biggest lesson, you know, to wrap up here? Oh God, <laughs> my younger self. Um, don't be complicit, stand up for yourself, stand up for others. Um, You know, uh, sit back, learn, and and figure out what uh, what the market is requiring. Because um, we, you know, we're now at 
270 clients and you know it's 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 been a rocket ship it's been a you know it's been a pure joy but the pain has been equal <laughs> i was gonna say wait, wait, wait was, was it all up and to the right no 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 no, no. <laughs> i mean come on we've we've had to deal with you know to, jay and i uh went when we were originally in our hotel room and I would I would sneak over to Salt Lake and he would sneak away from the office and we'd do whiteboards and and we're like, okay, so what's the what's the worst thing that can happen? We're like, okay, you know, two wars, yeah, you know, a hurricane, but never uh never global pandemic. You didn't complete. write down pandemic on that list. No, no, there was Never pandemic, complete shutdown of the travel industry. <laughs> so, right. Um, but we managed to get through. And actually, you know, what we created became even more important uh, through the pandemic. So, um, and again, a, you know, a lot of that, uh, we brought Sarah on right before, like literally right when the pandemic started and she helped uh, lead us through it. And you know, I, I'm, I'm actually thankful for it, but with pandemics, recessions, a couple of wars now, I'm like, oh, you know, nothing that, nothing that founders can ever plan for. No, these are, these are disruptions and some of the challenges on the journey, right? Yep. Yep. But they build, build character. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is, this is terrific, Darren. I'm so excited for you and the team. Thank you. And, uh, Thank you for joining us and sharing some of those lessons this morning. Great. I look forward to uh, getting together with you and all the other founders in January. If you want to plug your meeting, uh, now's a good time to do it because it, <laughs> it, it literally it literally kind of changed my life last year. I'll be honest wow. with you. Well, thank you so much. I think you're referring to the Growth Elevated Skiing yeah. Tech Summit. I, we yeah. were grateful to have you. And uh, we hope you come back this year in February, February 1st through 3rd. I will be there. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Darren. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Growth Elevated Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please follow us and subscribe on your favorite podcast player? And we'd be grateful if you recommend it to a friend. If you'd like more resources on how to become a better leader in business, we invite you to visit us at growthelevated.com. We'll be back next week with more insight from another great tech leader. Thank you.